Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant. It is so good to have you here with us today. Really do appreciate it. If you're someone that's just like looking and trying to figure out what is it that I was supposed to do with my life? What is it that I'm, I'm put on this planet to do? What kind of work should you be pursuing? So we're going to talk about that like we do every single episode. Every episode, we're going to share with you a story, a journey of someone that's just doing something unique who feels like they're starting to hone in and figure out what it is that they're supposed to do with their life. And hopefully that provides some inspiration, some encouragement, and some help for you as you're trying to figure out maybe what you are supposed to be doing with your career, with your business or journey. So today we have uh, Jen Jones, who is a professional CrossFit athlete. I don't know if you've ever tried CrossFit. It is brutal. I've done it a couple times. It kicked my butt. I thought I was in decent shape until I tried CrossFit and it would just, it roughed me up. But nonetheless, Jen is considered one of the top in the world. All right. So we talk about how do you become a professional CrossFit athlete? And you know, even if you're someone who's not interested in becoming a professional CrossFit athlete, we talk about, you know, how she's managed to create this business and this profession for herself. We've talked about how she has kind of kept a bit of a backup plan for this type of industry where it's a bit of a of a new thing and it's not like there's a lot of professional crossfit athletes out there we talk about how she's juggled her training as an elite athlete while also just trying to make ends meet. So just a really good story, really good journey, and uh, excited to share with you. Also, I'd encourage you, make sure you stick around for the bonus material that you can get at grantbaldon.com slash Jen Jones. Good stuff there. I'd encourage you to download. Jen and I, we talk a little bit more about her CrossFit professional career. So good stuff. I'd encourage you to check out. So let's get into it. Here is my interview with Jen Jones. Enjoy. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by Jen Jones, who is a, uh, which just sounds like a dangerous name. Like, uh, <laughs> she's an elite CrossFit athlete, but it sounds like she should be a, a UFC trained cage fighter. Jen, what is up? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. So you are a CrossFit athlete. Like, what exactly does that mean? Do you just like, do you go around and just like pick things up and throw things and grunt all day? Or like, what does it mean to be a, like a, a professional CrossFit athlete? So not so much grunting, definitely a lot of moving things around, but it's not necessarily a professional CrossFit athlete. It's, it's, I think more of just a professional athlete in general. And then I have a lot of kind of subtitled other jobs that help me out along the way. So what kind of other things do you have going on that would contribute to it? So I coach also at the gym that I train at, and I am currently trying to start up a couple different like seminar programs to kind of supplement the name that I've created. And then I also have a degree to be a nurse. So I work as a nurse as well. Man, you got your hands full. No shortage of stuff to do. Never. Okay. So in terms of like the like the CrossFit athlete part of it and just the professional athlete of it, like how much would you say is that of that is your like is your career and is your job? Probably at this point, like sixty-five or seventy percent. My day consists of a lot of time in the gym. People are like, oh, your, your life is so great. You just get to hang out in the gym. But if I'm in the gym six to eight hours, that's where my quote unquote job is. That's eight hours of training or eight hours of, you know, going to sit at the office, so to speak. Right. So, and I would assume like most jobs, like most careers, like oftentimes from the outside looking in, it's really easy to view something to be like, oh man, that's glamorous. That's a cool gig. You get to, you get to play in the gym and throw things around all day. But like, like I'm sure for you, it's just like, yeah, but that is my job. And there's parts of it that you think are glamorous that are not glamorous yeah. at all. For, you know? for sure, for sure. All right. So an average day, are you spending six to eight hours at the gym every day? 
It kind of depends on the, the day of the week. Usually I have two different training sessions that the actual like hands-on training will range anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. That doesn't count, you know, coming in, warming up, mobilizing, deciding when you're going to eat, what you're going to eat, and all that stuff takes time and planning. So so you come in, you do, you know, an hour to two hour workout. So I assume just the, the bulk of the rest of your time there is, are you just training other people that are coming in and coaching other people that just come into the, the gym? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you do all that. When do you have time to do any nursing stuff? So I try to designate one of my two rest days to working at the hospital. So that's a, just a 12 hour shift. And I really I could wake up at like three and go in and train beforehand, but it's just, it's a lot to do a 12 hour nursing shift, being on your feet, taking care of other people and try to also train on top of that. So just which, a single. Which sounds uh, difficult just in general, like my day off as I go spend 12 hours on my feet. Yeah. Working. <laughs> All right. So uh, as a CrossFit, like professional athlete, like how often are you in competition? How often are you competing in, in some form? So the CrossFit season is from the middle end of February to essentially now. And then, oh, well, that's the first part. And then the, like the big event is the end of July. So we have a couple months that you're pretty consistently competing, not necessarily at any certain events, but to kind of get you to the big events that pay out the big money for the CrossFitters. But throughout the year, there are gyms everywhere that put on local throwdowns. Some are bigger than others. And as an individual athlete, you can register for any of those. If you feel amazing and you want to beat yourself up every weekend and you think, you know, you can win, you can register for all these competitions and hypothetically compete all the time. There are some athletes that don't do any competitions other than the season competitions for me, I try to spread it out just because I think competition gives you the fun piece of actually being in the gym and training all the time. And so if you forget to have fun because it's your job, then it just becomes a chore and, and you don't really want to be, be doing it anymore. I would assume like if you're not competing or if you're not doing something regularly, like you start to resent it, you know, you just, yes. I, I would assume just you're kind of like, why am I doing this in the first place? But I guess if you're doing it with kind of a, a means to an end of I'm, I'm doing this insane amount of burpees just so that I'm, it's leading to this thing that I'm working towards. It feels like it's got a little more purpose to it. Yeah, for sure. So how, like how many competitions would you actually compete in on a, on a given year or season? Probably like six or seven local, not necessarily local, but smaller competitions. I traveled to Florida and Boston. I was in Russia for a competition this year. So nice. Are you doing these type of competitions uh, partly as like an incentive for yourself, but from like a, a career financial standpoint, are you entering ones where you feel like you've got a chance to, to win and there's like decent prize money there? That's a big part of, you know, if I, I don't want to go to a competition and beat myself up for a weekend that's going to hurt my week of training and walk away with nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? What would you say like in terms of the potential prize money that you could win on an average year? Like what percentage of, of your income or business revenue comes from just competitions? Over 50% probably. Really? Okay. All right. So, I mean, it can be, I guess if you're like one of the best of the best, it can be somewhat lucrative depending on, on how you stack up and how you can compete. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the, the CrossFit Games are doing, I think they're doing their best to try to facilitate more athletes who make it there have a bigger payout. So it is 
you know, fulfilling some of that financial demand, financial need that we're training all year for versus uh, I think, you know, a couple of years ago, it was just the top three that got paid. So. So for today, then you, you, about 50% of it comes from uh, from just winning competitions or placing in competitions. Where does the rest of like a, a professional CrossFit athlete, like where would the rest of their income come from outside of like the nursing side of stuff of what you're doing? Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, nursing is a huge part, but most of the, the elite level athletes own and run gyms. So I think that's their, you know, financial stream right there. There are a lot of athletes that do the seminar route, whether that's CrossFit HQ seminars or individual seminars, but that's been a, I think a big way for people to, to see of some revenue. Is sponsorships a big deal too? I think depending on who you are. Because CrossFit, in the grand scheme of things, is still pretty small. You know, right, we have a right. great following, but it's not like the following for football. So sure. the sponsorships, a lot of them are local businesses or small businesses that at this point have a hard time financially supporting their athletes. A lot of them do, you know, apparel or supplies or whatever the case may be. So all things considered, I think, especially for me, that's kind of like a small part of it. Right. Um, I'm, I'll make a little bit of money here and there. Sometimes my sponsors will help cover different entrance fees and, and travel expenses. But unfortunately for me, that's not my sole source of income. It would be great if it was. But, <laughs> but so I would assume like uh, for the sponsorships, it's pretty much like icing on the cake. Like if it's there, it's yeah. great. But you know, if not, you can continue to function and, and exist without it. Yeah, for me, for sure. How many CrossFit athletes are, are doing this on a like professional full-time basis? I mean, I think the the top 20 people at the games the last couple of years, that's their hope. Everybody would love to just be a professional athlete and be in the gym. We're all training so hard because this is what we love. We're passionate about movement. We're passionate about, you know, our goals and being the best people and athletes that we can be. And so it just, I just don't think if you're not amazing, I think it's really hard to sustain a certain lifestyle. Right. Well, I'm interested to hear, you know, how you, like at what point you recognize that you have the ability to compete at that level. But I'm curious, give us some context. Like how do you stack up against like the world's elite athletes in terms of CrossFit? Where do you fall within that? Is that, is that ranked or how does that work? So every year with, with their season, there's qualifying rounds, so to speak. The first part of it is the CrossFit Open, which we're just finishing this week. It's five weeks of workouts and you do the workout, you submit your score, online and you'll get ranked. You can get ranked based in the world. You can get ranked in your region. You can rank yourself in your gym, but the next qualifying thing would be regional. So this year, the top 20 people in each region will go to regionals. So for me, the last, I guess, three years, I've been top 20 in going into the regionals every year. Cool. And then from there, you have to place top three in previous years, this year it's top five to go to the CrossFit Games, which is the big show. The last three years, I've been first at regionals. My first year at the Games, I was 28th. My second year at the Games, I was 6th. My third year at the Games, I was 10th. So going for the fourth one this year, and it's all part of the season. Part of it is what the workouts actually are, what workouts play to to my strengths as an individual versus other people as athletes. You know, everybody's trying to fill in their gaps and right. get their weaknesses stronger and stuff. So it really just depends on what comes out at you. But again, like outside looking in, uh, 28th, 6th, 10th, like that's out of hundreds of thousands of people. Am I right? Right. right. The world. And everybody in the world that is 
tried to qualify. So it could be said that at some point you are the sixth most fit woman on the planet. Yes. That is absurd. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is that like, does that ever like? Do you ever just have a moment where you're like, "Well, that's kind of cool." Now that I you know, like, I stop and think about it, you know, like, do you ever let yourself go there? I mean, no, I try not to. Like, it's right. interesting because the the CrossFit Games is such a rush while you're there, and you're just constantly going, and then afterwards you like did this really happen? Did I just do this? Like, right. it's hard to relive some of those moments. I don't know. I feel like when I'm in the gym, I'm just a gym rat. I'm just another person. And so the the years previous, I'm like, those. yes, those are awesome accomplishments, but I still have to be here and train and anything can happen and kind of going from there. I assume like every time you're in the gym, you know that those other five or those other nine or those other 27 women are out there busting their butts just as much. And so, you oh, know, you gotta, sure. you gotta keep pace and keep up with them. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's backtrack a little bit. So where are you from originally? I grew up in a town called Novi, Michigan. Okay. A sub- little suburb of Detroit, like 20 minutes out of Ann Arbor. Okay, nice. Uh, so you big a uh, big Wolverine fan? Not really. Okay. I don't know. Right, I, right. I would rather play sports than actually watch sports. So I wouldn't call myself a fan of any particular team other than a bunch of my friends went to Michigan State. So I guess I would be more of a Spartan than anything else. Wow. Unreal. All right. I won't hold that against. I, I grew up in Missouri, but I had a, I was a huge Michigan, like when the, in the Fab Five era of basketball. That was when I really got hooked in there. So, so you, you grew up up in Michigan there. Were you always an athlete? I assumed it always just come naturally to you. I w- was always an athlete. I w- was a gymnast growing up. So n- not necessarily the same kind of sport, but it definitely prepped me for body awareness and upper body strength that has translated very nicely to this whole CrossFit. Were you wanting to do gymnastics like long term on a professional level? No, never. So it was, just, um, it was always just kind of a, a side thing for you? Well, I mean, it was the only sport that I played. Gymnastics is very time consuming when you're competing, but... There's a lot of different routes. In in gymnastics, you can do club gymnastics, and club gymnastics is typically where college recruiters will look at. You can do high school gymnastics to be, you know, part of the the high school experience, which is a little bit more fun, laid back. You have your group of friends that you're at school with that you get to train with. But typically the level there is a lot lower than in a club setting. And so or you can you can move away from your family and go to you know like the Olympic training center and try right. to go to the Olympics when you're 10 or whatever. I did it and I was pretty good at it. I tried the high school gymnastics thing, but then I decided that I would really like to do it in college, so I ended up going back to club and focusing on club gymnastics and then got recruited and went to Western Michigan University. Cool. So for you, it was always just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to do this and it's going to kind of eventually it's going to run its course and then I'll, I'll move on. So was, was yep. nursing always kind of like the next step for you in terms of a career? I knew I wanted to be a nurse probably junior year of high school. So I took, you know, some AP anatomy and physiology classes. I like the sciences. I'm not a history person. So it was just a very good way to blend like working with people and the science aspect of everything kind of into one spot. Right. So even at, like as a nurse, are you still, I assume you're always just kind of a, a, a gym rat and you're always just kind of there. And are you always just like into just the, just exercise and working out? I think so. I mean, it's not even at this point in my life, it's not even just exercise, but it's fitness and wellness. Just well and, way of life. Yeah. But it, and it's also being able to share that with people because I'm in the hospital setting. You see so many people come in for 
medical issues that could be hypothetically prevented with lifestyle changes and choices. Yeah. And so being able to like acutely take care of sick people there and come into the gym and coach and kind of give people the preventative side on the front end is a very cool balance. A lot less stress in the gym. People's lives in your hands in the hospital is a little bit stressful, <laughs> but they, I think they complement each other very well. So when were you introduced to uh, CrossFit? Oh, I believe it was 2010, like mm -hmm. the end of 2010. And then 2011, I decided to start actually training hard and competing with it. So how'd you make that decision? I guess, cause it's, it's one thing to do something and be like, Oh, I guess, you know, I guess I'm kind of good at this. It's another thing yeah. to be like, I think I could do this like in an elite level. So how do you kind of wrap your mind around that or, or make that call? It was just kind of an, initially as a feeling like, you know, I, I tried a free class and I was like, Oh, this is fun. You know, this is motivational. These people are cool. And then after a, a couple months, I was like, all right, so why would I come in here and work so hard? I really want to train for something. And so, you know, we tried a competition and then the open part of the season came around and everybody can register for that. So my coach was like, yes, just register. We'll see what happens. And I think it was like the third or fourth week of the open. He was like, all right, let's warm up. Let's take a run. And we were running and we had this heart to heart talk. And he said, you know, I think you've really got a good shot here to do very well at regionals. So let's kind of develop a game plan and see where we can take this. And it's just been a great ride ever since. So how long was that from the time you, you were first introduced and started going to, to CrossFit to that conversation? It was less than a year. Okay. Did you sense that too? Like, is there, is there, your coach is telling you that that's like, I've done enough of this, like local workouts here and I see how I stack up against this local competition. And I feel like, I feel like maybe I've got something here that goes beyond just this gym. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I was, I had a, I think a different competitive mindset than a lot of people just because of my background. And then as well as just physical strength because of the background but it really wasn't until my first year at regionals that I was like, all right, like I have the ability to make this something awesome. Cause my first year at regionals, I did very well, but I didn't make it to the games. And so that was kind of fuel for the fire to actually get myself a plan to make the CrossFit games the next year. Uh, yeah. I would assume like you, you strike me as a very competitive person. So <laughs> I would assume like that first round that, you know, you don't qualify for the games that you're probably a little pissed off and jaded for the next year. Yeah. Yeah. I was ready, ready to put some serious time in the gym after that. So, so at regionals though, you don't qualify for the games, but that, that first regionals gives you a sense of kind of where you stack up with the competition. Are you getting yeah. a sense like, all right, if I keep putting in the time and the effort, like I could do this and I could compete with those athletes. And I could potentially do this on a, like a professional basis. Is that kind of what you're thinking? I don't think the professional basis ever crossed my mind, you know, because it's still just like such a new sport. So yeah. I mentally, I think I knew that I could compete with all of these other athletes, all of these other women who maybe had been doing it a little bit longer than me. I still had the, the range there that I, I could be in striking distance, if you will, but I, I don't think like the term professional athlete really came about till two years back at the games when I got sixth. That that really kind of just nailed it home. I got my sponsorships, a lot of my sponsorships after that. So so I assume that was kind of a, a big turning point for just your like that, that professional side of your career. Yes, for sure. 
So what? Uh, so in addition to the the sponsorships, what, were there any other doors that opened up? Did you feel like, all right, I'm you know I'm sixth, I'm top ten in the world for this. So now all of a sudden this is gonna all of a sudden this is gonna open up all this this flood of opportunities, or, or what happened after that? It's interesting. I think the the community is very political. I don't think because I got sixth, I felt entitled to anything. It allowed me to maybe reach out a little bit more to certain companies or certain areas, but. I don't think my life drastically changed because of that. Like, I think that's important for people to recognize in like any type of space is sometimes we feel like, well, if only I can just get in front of that person, if only I could win that competition, if only I can connect with them, then all of a sudden it's going to open up this flood of opportunities. So I think it's helpful for people to hear like you got sixth in the world and it's kind of like people patted you on the back, but then everybody kind of like went about their business. Yeah. I mean, nobody, it's interesting because Nobody really remembers who the top 10 people are. It's people remember first, maybe second and third. And like everybody else just kind of gets pushed under the rug. So I don't know. You're still striving for first. I'm just striving to be as good as I can be, to be able to, to put it all out on the table. And if my very, very best with perfect execution doesn't get me first, then I still, I can, you know, kind of close that chapter knowing that that, that was all I had, you know? Right. How long do you think you can do this at this level? I would love to be able to say, you know, another three to five years. But with the evolution of everything, you know, things are getting heavier. Again, the people who are doing very well typically are the owners of gyms. And so to have an actual like a nine to five job or, you know, if I you know wanted to nurse more, I don't think I would be able to to sustain that same that same level. So how would someone like who's wanting to do this on like an elite level, like how do you make that transition of there's not a lot of opportunities that allow you to be paid, but but it requires me to, in order to possibly be paid, I have to put in like massive amounts of time, but I still have like these financial responsibilities of, you know, right. I want to eat and live indoors. So <laughs> how, like, how do you balance all that? I think, unfortunately with newer athletes coming in, if you're not coming into the sport with a certain level of athleticism and a background, it's going to be excessively hard to make CrossFit your sole income source. As all of us get older, new people are coming in. The 20 somethings can recover quicker. They've been training longer. They can lift more weight. It's just going to be kind of how the sport grows in phases. It's been kind of neat, though. There is a new opportunity called The Grid that has kind of taken the the physical fitness aspect of CrossFit, but put it into a team sport that actually races against other teams, which has allowed people to become a professional athlete with guaranteed financial income, which is, is kind of cool. Interesting. So is that kind of like the next iteration for you of what you'd be looking into? So I I actually last year joined the uh, grid team. I'm on the Miami Surge. So it's bittersweet because a lot of the grid athletes are CrossFitters. And that's the reason why we're grid athletes. And they're trying to do their best to not have conflicting seasons. But I think there's going to come to a point where you're going to have to choose kind of what you're doing. And if CrossFit isn't going to guarantee everybody who makes the games a good chunk of money, it's going to be hard to not choose that secure income. 
how do you balance that even for yourself of going like, here's something that I'm really, really passionate about and I'm really, really into and I think I could do, I would love to make my sole source of income, but the reality is there's just not a lot of opportunities because I think there's a lot of people that maybe listen to this who's like, and even a lot of people we've interviewed on the show who are like, I'm really into this really small niche thing and I could do it at a high level, but given the, the size of the pie just isn't that big, so therefore there's not a lot of opportunities for me to to be able to make a living. So like, how do you kind of wrap your mind around it, or I guess just kind of rationalize it, like I'm passionate about this thing and I'm really good at it. There's just not a lot of opportunities there. Yeah. I mean, I think you just need to always have a backup plan. I think people who have their degrees and who have, I mean, for me, when I got out of college, like I had no idea about CrossFit, like nursing was what I did. I, it was my full-time job. And so it's been a blessing to be able to have this like kind of incorporated in my life. But I know at some point or, or at any point, like any given day, I could hurt myself and I could I won't be able to CrossFit or potentially not CrossFit for a certain amount of time. And so I need to be able to have that backup plan and always kind of look at the bigger picture of things. Do you find that a lot of other professional athletes that you, you're connected with are kind of in a similar spot where they are, I mean, they're competing at a high level, but they also kind of have one foot back in the quote unquote real world and just in case? Yes and no. Again, I think it depends on what athlete you are and what you're doing. The people who run gyms, that's their sole source of income. They don't have to be an elite athlete. They're still involved in CrossFit and that's how they're making their money. But I think there's a handful. I mean, even for nurses, I know there's a handful of nurses in the elite community that are still trying to do both and balance both. Is that an appeal to you to be able to maybe own your own gym or to phase out of nursing in order to just focus on CrossFit solely, not just from a, like a, an athlete competition standpoint, but whether it be owning a gym or doing the seminars or, you know, doing just having your hand completely in, uh, in CrossFit in some way? Yeah, I go back and forth. I love nursing. I love the critical thinking and helping people and building relationships with people who are depending on you, you know, for care that you can see them and help them recover and get well. So I don't think I ever want to completely lose nursing because when you get out of that setting, I think it's really hard to reintegrate and remember the skills that it takes to run a 12 hour shift effectively. Right. But I also don't think I want to run a box. I love coaching and I think being an owner, you have a lot of other responsibilities that I have no interest in. <laughs> I wouldn't mind maybe starting a different type of business. I have toyed with like a doggy daycare because dogs are another passion that I have, rescue dogs. Yeah. But I don't think owning a gym is where I would head at all. Well, I think that's a great point to make. Like just because you're passionate about something and just because you're good at something doesn't mean like there's certain like parts of it that maybe you shouldn't do that you wouldn't be a good fit for. Like the, uh, you know, a good analogy is, is like you may be an insanely good chef, but that doesn't mean you should open a restaurant. You know, there's, it's a totally right. different skill set to open a restaurant versus like just being in the kitchen and just cooking, you know? So, right. so I think it's just important for people to recognize and realize that about yourself of just like, Hey, just because I'm good at this thing doesn't mean I should like the next logical thing is to do that. Like maybe it's to not do that. And that would be the best possible thing for you. So it sounds like that's kind of the spot where you're in, at least for opening or having your own gym. Yeah. I think also too, though, you know, people are like, Oh, this CrossFit thing, it's so much fun. I'm going to go get my level one and I'm going to open my gym and it's going to be awesome. And then all of a sudden it goes from this side thing. That's really awesome that you get to hang out with your friends to this is my job and I can never leave this place and it's not fun anymore. And so you know, you have to be careful with that balance. It sounds like you kind of alluded to this earlier, but the competitions make it fun for you. But what else, is there anything else that you can do that, that keeps it 
just interesting and fun for you so it's it doesn't feel like a job and just a burden to go to the gym each day? I mean, when I'm training, training is not glamorous or fun. When I'm training, it is work. It is hard. You know, you're not going to have personal records of lifts every day. Some days you get into the gym and you're tired and you are hurting and you just don't want to do anything, but you have to, you have to, because it's your job, right? It's just one of those things that the good days are what's going to help continue to push you. And the bad days, you have to remind yourself of the big picture. Yeah. I guess that sounds like a weird question, but like, why wouldn't you quit given like how hard you have to work to compete at that level, given the, like the small percentage of potential return for you? Like what keeps you going with it? One is just, again, trying to be the best person that I can be. And I think CrossFit has kind of molded me into the independent woman that I am and that who I wanted to be when I was growing up. And I had a really hard time kind of finding myself to fill that role And then over the last year, I've been kind of trying to figure out also like, all right, so I have this quote unquote fame in the CrossFit community, like for what? Who cares how many followers you have on social media? Why do you want to be CrossFit famous? And so I recently discovered, I think that my answer is to be able to do stuff like this, to talk to people, to reach out to people and have a voice to make a change in, in somebody else's life. I don't necessarily at this point in my life care if I have a hundred thousand followers, but the people that do follow me, I hope that on a daily basis, I can say something or post something that makes them think a little bit. And I also, I'm trying to use it as a vehicle to help young girls kind of grow and develop, because I think that that's an area that our society tells young women one thing and your self-esteem kind of tells you another thing. And if they think that's a very challenging place. But I think CrossFit has a good helpful hand in, in kind of balancing that. Cool. And as the as the dad of three little girls, then oh. I, I definitely appreciate that. And I think if I had a little boy, like dads want little dudes, but like now with three girls, I was like, I don't think I'd know what to do with a little boy. So I am adore my girls. So Jen, really, really appreciate the time. I got a couple of the questions for you. We're going to save those for the bonus rounds. So we're going to be coming back on in just a couple of minutes here and uh, okay. chatting for a few more questions. So if you enjoyed the interview with Jen, you want to stick around for a little bit, I'd encourage you to download that bonus material. You can do that at grantbolden.com. But in the meantime, Jen, where can we find out more about you if people we're like, all right, I'm intrigued. I want to see this girl learn a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, I want to help her get to 100,000 followers on social media. <laughs> Can we go to find out more about you? Jen Jones is my Facebook account. And then Twitter and Instagram, it's Jen Jones CF, all one word. Cool. Sounds good. All right, we'll send people there. And we'll be uh, sticking around for a few more minutes to chat with you in the, uh, the bonus round. Awesome. All right, there you go, my friends. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Jen Jones. Again, I'd encourage you to stop by grantbolden.com slash Jen Jones, and you can download the bonus material there. Jen and I stick around for a few more minutes and uh, chit-chat, so definitely check that out at grantbolden.com. Hey, if you enjoyed that interview with Jen and you're interested in the the CrossFit space or just kind of the workout fitness type of community, I'd encourage you to go back and check out episode 45. I talked to my buddy Jeremy Meyer. Jeremy's also heavily involved in the CrossFit world, owns a couple of gyms, as well as episode 76 with Grant Wistrom. Grant also owns some CrossFit gyms, and he also played in the NFL, played in the Super Bowl a couple times, so we talk about that in that episode. As well, you might check out episode 91 from a couple weeks ago with Joe DeSena. Joe is the guy that founded Spartan Races. I don't know if you're You've seen those, you've checked those out, maybe you've done one or participated in one before. But really cool story, really cool journey from Joe that you may want to check out again in episode 91. 
Hey, if you are digging the show, we'd love for you to leave us a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you may be listening to your shows. Helps us know how we're uh, connecting with you. Make sure that we're, we're creating something that you're looking for. We really appreciate that. Also, subscribe to the show. And uh, as always, feel free to email me, grant at Let me know what you're chewing on or wrestling with. Anything I can do to help you and support you on your own journey to find and do work you love, let me know. All right, that wraps up this episode, boys and girls. We'll be coming at you again real soon. You're awesome. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.